I'm going to hit $90,000 before the end of the year from just putting videos on the internet. <laughs> like that, that, it, that is not brand deals. That is not course sales. That is not digital product sales. That is not affiliates. That is not client work that nothing else. This episode is a fun one because you're really just eavesdropping on Jessica and I catching up. We talk about our latest launches. They were very similar. We had a very similar business model to what we were doing with our latest launches. And we just compare notes. And then she answers all of my YouTube questions. And then she talks about how she has had insane growth on her YouTube channel just in the last year, year and a half after she noticed like something wasn't working. She made some tweaks and like, holy smokes, it was like a rocket. She's going to get into all of it. This is a super fun conversation. And if you've ever wanted to go behind the scenes of what happens when people like me and Jessica launch, <laughs> then you're going to hear all of the nitty gritty. It's a super fun episode. So that is enough of the intro. Let's just get to it. Ever wonder how some people seem to get all the media coverage, but you don't? Go behind the scenes with a TV reporter, national on-air host, and news contributor who's interviewed celebrities, took you inside the Versace mansion, and even stood on a chair to interview basketball legend Alonzo Mourning. Get ready, because Become a Media Maven is the podcast where Christina Nicholson is sharing secrets from her years in front of the camera, in the editing booth, and now behind the podcast mic. Let's just get into it because selfishly, okay. I wanted just an update on your life because I just feel like it's been a minute since we chatted and I just went through your camp and I said, I want an, I want just like to chat with Jessica. I boxed you a few days ago. Did you? you you've ignored it. That's fine. I'm sorry. We're here today. <laughs> But I thought, okay, well, let me just bring Jessica on the podcast and she can update me on her life on the podcast and we can all hear because you have so much value to give anyway. So that's why we're here. I just selfishly wanted an update okay. on your life and business. I'm good with that. But also I'm so sorry. I do see it. I didn't see it. I'm really bad. So Voxer, like for the most part is really just like my team at this point. Like I don't really Voxer. Well, Jacqueline, I'll Voxer Jacqueline, but like, that's about it. And so if something comes in, like at the same time as a team message, it gets pushed down and there's been multiple, multiple people who are like, I boxered you. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> now I'm going to boxer you all the time. Boxer is what I use for my team too. It's yeah. amazing. I it's love so it. so good. I love it. I'm just really bad at paying attention to messages that I don't expect. Do you know what I mean? Like messages. Yeah, from clearly. clearly. Uh, yeah. Okay. So at the time of this recording, you just finished a launch of, do you call it a boot camp? Yeah, like a boot camp or a jump start. This one was a jump start, a challenge. Like it's all yes. the same. Yeah. yeah. I mine is like it's similar. It's three days. I call it a boot camp. I attended because I was like, I am here for what Jessica's doing. For those of you who did not attend, you have to attend the next one. I'm going to email my list about the next one. So if you're not on my list, join. But Jessica in five days teaches you how to become a YouTube phenom like she is. And they're, it's great because they're like little 30 minute ish sessions once mm -hmm. a day, Jessica will join for some Q and a after you just wrapped it up. And I just want to know how to, how to go garbage, absolute garbage. 
<laughs> why are you saying that? First of all, is this the first time you've done it? No, this is the second time. Okay. So challenge. Oh my gosh. Long- I just wrapped up my boot camp for the second time too. Really? And I, and I call my second time garbage, but my first time was good. So my first time was kind of garbage too, but let me explain. So I, I don't know. Challenges don't work well for me. I don't, I don't think that's where I perform my best. I don't think it's where I sell in my best way. Right. Like, I don't think that I'm, I don't know. I think that I have a hard time transitioning from you got all this shit for free to now you need to pay me. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think I have a hard time with that. Um, because both times I've done this exact challenge, they've still, it's just not been the greatest. The first time I did paid. So they had to pay $27 to like, even come to the challenge. There was a VIP. The conversion rate was pretty good with that. It was like 8%. Um, but I was sick with COVID and like, just didn't like, didn't push it, didn't promote it. I didn't, it, it was garbage for a different reason. Cause I just like, you know what I mean? This time, I mean, it was great. Like you were in there, like the, it was so engaged. The group is so engaged. The, like everybody on the Q and A's was so engaged. Like everything was great, but I did it for free. And then you could upgrade to VIP, same thing. Um, and there were 1100 people who signed up, which is spectacular. That's insane. That's just insane that you got 1100 people to sign up for something free. Let me just like props (laughs) to you for doing that. Cause that's wild. Well, you know, I mean, I don't have a small audience, right? Like my audience is pretty large. And so you get all those people to sign up. No ads. This was zero ads. This was all organic, uh, YouTube promotion, email list promotion, Instagram promotion, basically it. Uh, Maybe on the podcast too. I did do on the That's fantastic. How long did you promote on those platforms? About, it wasn't quite two weeks. It was like 12 days, 13 days. Jessica, that's insane. Yeah, no. And I know that. And like, I was really grateful because like the last webinar I had, I had 2000 people sign up. Like oh God woman. Yeah. Cause my audience is just way bigger than it used to be. Right. Like I have almost 200,000 people on YouTube, like huge. And that's great. And like my webinar, my last webinar did really well. The conversion was really great on it, blah, blah, blah. Was that free? Yes, it was free too. And, but I convert really well on a webinar. I can sell really well on a webinar. Like, I think that's just where I, you know what I mean? Like I like do better on a webinar. Um, But this challenge, so there were 1100 people signed up. Uh, There were only 700 people who ended up joining the group, which that's a head scratcher to me. Cause it's like, why would you sign up and then not join the group or whatever? It's just like not coming to the webinar when you sign up for a webinar, you know, I get it. I've done it, but especially when it's free. Yes. But that's that, that right there, this, that, that's why it's garbage. Um, my sales conversion rate right now is 0.35%. Okay. I see what, I see what you're saying, but two things and tell me what you, what you feel one, it was free. And two, there's a shit ton of people in there. Yes. And I think. I think the free part is the part where like there wasn't a lot of skin in the game for the people in the challenge. And so it was a very big ask of me to go, you came in here for free. You learned a lot. I probably overwhelmed you a little bit. Now spend a thousand dollars with me. You know what I mean? Like it was a very big distance, you know, ask. Um, Most of the conversions came from the VIP, which is what I had experienced the last time, which I understand completely. But it's just like, it's just so strange to me because I can get, you know, a thousand people to sign up for a webinar webinar, and I sell, you know, let's say 50 courses in one hour and I got a thousand people to sign up for a challenge and I sold 18 with a lot more time involved, you know? So 
I don't know. I'm, I'm not feeling the challenge vibes. Well, two things. One, you're still profitable. You didn't spend any money on ads. You're still profitable. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it was still like a $27,000 launch. Like I'm not mad at it. It's just like compared to the hourly rate, right? Like, right. It's just the, it's just the numbers. Like you have yeah. your goal, you have your conversion numbers. Yeah. yeah. It's different. I get yeah. it. And it's very interesting. Like, I feel like it's so weird that you and I have not discussed what we're doing with our launches and no, we're because I ignored your boxers <laughs> precisely, <laughs> but we're doing the same thing. Like in August, I did a three day boot camp, mm-hmm. and I used ads both times. I don't want to use ads in the future because I just don't see the ROI in using ads. Yeah. I'd rather use affiliates and have like you tell your list about it. Right. And you know, I, I feel like that's where you get a little bit more. Um, but the first time I was more profitable on the back end, you had to pay $37 to come. I had a VIP option. I was profitable on the front end, more profitable on the back end. Mm -hmm. The second time I was more profitable on the front end and less on the back end. And I know exactly why. why. I will tell you because one of my affiliates who blew it out of the water is a freelance writer and her audience are people in PR. So a lot of people who joined my boot camp were in PR. They wanted to see what pitches I, I was using and what pitches were working. And they, you know, it's like I'm helping them be better at their job yeah. instead of like the small business owner helping them get more exposure in the media. So the publicists in the boot camp are not going to buy the online course because the online oh course is for like the solopreneur small business owner. But yes, I was still profitable but it wasn't the growth that I wanted. And now I don't know about you. So you, I did everything live. I did the training live Mm -hmm. straight to the live Q and a straight to VIP. Yes. And it took a lot out of me. Like it's a lot. And I think next time I do it, I don't want to do it live. I think I want to record a lot of it. I'll have the Facebook groups for Q and a, and I'll be there all day, every day, but doing it live is a lot. No, I completely agree. Cause see the first time I did mine in January, I did it live too. And I had just come off of having COVID. So like, if you've had COVID, my energy level was garbage. It was in the trash dumpster fire for like two weeks after I had COVID. And so this was like the very next week. And so doing two or three hours of live calls every day, I was dead. Like I would literally get off these calls and just like, you know, melt And so this time I was like, okay, I'm not going to do everything live. I'm going to do the lessons pre-recorded, like you saw, which worked great. Um, and then do the Q and a live and do the VIP calls live. And my, my intention was that the Q and a calls would be 30 minutes and then the VIP would be an hour, but the Q and A's ended up being an hour almost every time, which is fine. I had a ton of questions, but there's still like, I don't think that that had anything to do with my conversion. So me telling you that is definitely pre-record as much as you can. Cause I don't think that had anything to do with conversions. Like I actually think they, they learned more this time because I was more focused when I was recording those instead of like there being a chat going on while I'm trying to teach while, you know, whatever. And so I don't think that hurt conversions at all. I think it was more so the, you know, the free versus paid part that, And I won't even say it hurt conversions. Like if we look at my audience size from January to now, right, I probably grew, I I definitely doubled my email list. 
Um, That's wild. Why? YouTube. How? YouTube. I, I cannot preach it enough. Like YouTube, YouTube, people, YouTube. this is why she has the boot camp <laughs> yeah. and the challenge and then the course, but what did you do on YouTube? That was differently. I mean, yeah. Like so why? I grew, just I, why, why did Jessica, this happen? Why? Tell so me. I grew a lot on YouTube just in general. So YouTube, my YouTube channel last year was kind of dying and I did like a whole video series about it and like, it wasn't doing well. And so then I like revived it. And as I revived it, my whole channel grew. But then as my channel grew, obviously I was promoting freebies and things like that on my email list. So it just kind of trickled down. Um, but also Instagram grew massively too. And that's like my email list is linked okay, in my- why and how on Instagram. Cause Instagram, nobody is growing on Instagram right no. now. Woman. Instagram was just from YouTube. Like Instagram. Was oh, okay. Like, got it. I, yeah. Got but it. I also grew an audience of about 40,000 people on TikTok this year too. So with short form videos from your YouTube videos. No, um, those don't work. Those just did not work on TikTok for me. I mean, occasionally I would hit one that would do okay. Uh, but for the most part, they were more like, so the way I'm, the way I view TikTok right now, which I don't know, I haven't posted a video on TikTok in weeks, but like the way I view TikTok is it's more like Instagram stories. That's what's going to do better over there. It's not trending sounds like on reels. It's, it's very, very different. And so I grew over there this year. And so like just all of that combined, my email list just grew and it doubled. And so if we like take all that into consideration and we look at like, you know, where my email list was, where my audience was in January, where it is now, blah, blah. I probably would have doubled the, the amount of people signed up for a paid challenge too, right? Like I probably would have doubled that. Um, and so if you look at that, my conversion rate's not that much lower. Like if you, if you think like, oh, if this was paid only 400 people would have signed up or whatever the scenario is. Um, then you look at the conversion rate and you're like, okay, well then that makes sense. Cause it's still around like six or 8%, but because it was free, it was very different. Yeah. I feel like with that, cause last year I was doing the free webinar to the pitch yeah. And I found that I don't want to say you get tire kickers, but just the mindset of the person joining is very different. And the show up rate is totally different. Yes. Um, when you pay for something versus not paying for something. I mean, you just have to think of your own behavior. I want to go back to YouTube dying and then you revived it. Okay. A, why was it dying? B, how did you revive it? Oh my gosh. This is probably my favorite thing to talk about right now because it's Ooh. such a, especially for you and like for business owners listening. Cause this is like, this is going against all the advice I had given in years past, which is really funny. And probably all the advice anybody else is going to, is going to give you. So the reason it was dying is I had spent years at this point growing a channel that was basically performing like gangbusters in search, right? Like that was the whole point of my channel was that like somebody went to there and we're like, how to use ClickUp, Jessica, you know, how to use this, Jessica, how to use that, Jessica. And I had done that. But what you do is you build a channel that does really well for a while, but nobody cares about you. Like nobody cares about who is giving them this information. Well, I no care man. about you. But well, I know. Thank you me. very much. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the randoms on the internet. <laughs> right. The random people subscribing to my channel did not care about me. They cared about the, the like random thing they came for. Like they weren't invested in me. And so I kind of realized, well, I started realizing it was dying because in 2020, I had the best year on YouTube ever. Well, until this year, but you know, best year ever at that point. And which is, it was, it made sense because everybody went home. It was a whole thing, you know? Um, but then it also made 
the dying very obvious because in 2021, all of my analytics were drastically down, like just like in the hole, you know, in the toilet and everything like my money from YouTube, which is not money I count on, but like, you know, it's a good metric to look at the money that YouTube pays me in the toilet. I, w- I went from making like 3,500 to 5,000 a month just from YouTube in 2020 to barely breaking a thousand every month. So like and that that's money how- is just from views. Like you just get paid from people watching. Yes. And let me blow your mind one more time because I Please looked at my do. analytics yesterday and it is October. Well, November 1st. And guess how much I've made on just from YouTube this year. Just what? $73,000. Stop. Yes. <laughs> Jessica, just from people watching. Yes. Okay, people. This is how this is just one revenue stream as a content yes. creator. Because I'm always like, how do you make money as a content creator? Because there's so many ways. Yes. And this is just one. And yes. that's I a mean freaking amazing one. I was shocked. Like I logged in because I really don't pay attention to my money on YouTube because it's not the mainstream of income for me. And like I say, I went from like three to 5,000 in 2020 a month to like a thousand. And I knew I was making good money this year from it, but like, I hadn't really looked at it as a whole. And I'm like 73 freaking thousand dollars. I'm going to hit $90,000 before the end of the year from just putting videos on the internet. (laughs) Like that, it, that is not brand deals. That is not course sales. That is not digital product sales. That is not affiliates. That is not client work that nothing else. Jessica, why is this why was this not in your your boot camp? I talked about it a little bit, but okay. it's also one of those things it's so far off for people who are coming in with Right. Zero. Like it's not like for somebody like me who doesn't do YouTube, I feel like it would not be realistic right. and I would be like I yeah. can't do that. Okay. Yeah. No, that exactly. makes sense. Okay. But why was it dying? Okay. So it was dying because I had only focused on search. So people really weren't coming back for me. So I thought that's what you're supposed to focus on though. It would have been my advice three years ago, but now I have very different advice. So for business owners, yes, there is a, like a, a, you have to focus on search a little bit or you're not going to grow. But when you only focus on search, people go and they search and they find the thing and they subscribe to your channel. And then they don't give a flying fart about the next thing that you publish, right? Like they don't care. Um, Because, you know, if they came for a ClickUp video and then my next video is about digital products or YouTube or whatever, they may not care at all. And because they're not invested in me, they're not going to watch. And I started realizing that, well, I started seeing all my analytics just like plummeting, you know. And I started realizing that the channels that I loved on YouTube were all channels that sometimes they will release a video where I'm like, I have no, like, I don't, I don't want to watch this because the subject matter is stupid, but I watch it anyway, because I like that person. And that's when I was like, okay, how can I fix that? You know? So basically I stopped focusing on search. I'm still found in search. It's not that it's just, I stopped focusing on search and I started focusing more on getting my videos in suggested which is basically when YouTube says, this is a good video and we're going to show it in front of your audience, which I have heard my entire career on YouTube is the way to go. Right. But I was so good at search that I just always ignored that advice. And a lot of that is optimizing the thumbnail and the title for people who like really want to click, but then putting more of my personality in the videos and, and telling like little anecdotes and stories and getting them to come follow me other places so that uh, you know, they were, they were invested in me. So even if I, they didn't care about 
you know, this thing I was putting up, they would still come back and watch. And so I've really done a lot of work over the last almost two years now, uh, well, year and a half of really trying to like make sure that people want me when they come to my YouTube channel and yes, giving them information and helping them, but really making sure that like, I'm the reason they're coming back. And that revived it drastically. That's wild. When you started to see that this was like working, were you like, holy shit, I'm a rich bitch, badass (laughs) mother effer. No, but it was really nice to see, you know, like, (laughs) oh my gosh, like it's working. Like what I, cause basically I, I published a video called my channel is dying last October. So October. (gasps) You did see, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I was like, you just said like, you just said like why your channel was dying. Mm -hmm. And I showed the analytics. Like I showed, I was like, look, (laughs) like you can tell my channel is dying. Like I am not joking. Like it's like, it's really dying. And then um, I, I really like figured out a plan and did it in like October, November, December. And I really did not see a pickup at all. Um, but then in January, I did a few videos that I knew would do well in search, but also, again, I kind of applied those strategies that I was doing of like, they want me, they're going to come back for me. I'm going to make sure their videos that YouTube wants to show to other people. And I had multiple videos, like five or six videos in a row go viral. And that is what kind of like caused the waterfall. So then I could put out videos that were, that I knew wouldn't do as well because they were more personal or they were more like broad or whatever that, but people were watching them because I was getting this huge influx into my right. You had like that insurance. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. so that's what I've kept doing throughout the whole year is like videos that I know are going to do well, incorporating me into them. So people come back videos that I know may not do as well, but they're more like personal and their community building with my audience. And then just like kept doing that. And it's grown exponentially. I mean, like I say, I went from 30, I made 30,000 last year from YouTube, by the way, the whole year. And I will make 90 from YouTube by itself this year. That's wild. So the videos that went viral, any idea why they went viral and what kind of videos were they? Yes. Uh, So they were topically good. Like that would be number one. Um, so they were about digital products. So anytime I have ever done a video about digital products on my channel, it skyrockets. Yes. So you I'm, mentioned this in your boot camp. Mm-hmm, yep. And so I know that. So I know if I need like a little injection into the channel, we're just going to do a video about digital products, you know, cause I know it does really well. And, um, so I knew they would do well, but also I kind of added some pizzazz to them and like, made them more than just like a talking head. Like, here's how you do digital products and like really amp them up. And then I did a whole series once they went viral. So when you have something going viral, what I like to say is it's called trend hacking. So you can trend hack somebody else, but you can also trend hack yourself. Um, so if I have something going viral, basically it's like in an upward trajectory, right? And I, YouTube wants to show more of me on that topic to the same people because clearly it's doing well. Right. So yes, they'll show somebody else's videos to those people, but they know that the combination of me and that topic is doing well. So if I can throw more things at the algorithm, it's going to pick them up too. So basically that's what I did. I fueled the fire until I literally couldn't talk about digital products anymore. And then I kind of just like did some accompanying topics. And like I say, would throw in videos about my personality or, you know, the community or whatever to kind of like make it all work together. Yeah. That's so funny that you say that I did lunch with Amy Landino last week. 
Yeah. And we talked about this exact same thing. Cause she talks about, we were talking about writing books mm-hmm. and she said that the whole reason she wrote good morning, good life was because she just posted a video about her morning routine and it went viral like over a million views. So she kept on creating that kind of content, wrote the book. And then it kind of like led her down this, not so much YouTube focus, but more productivity and lifestyle and things like that. So yeah, totally pick up what you're throwing down. Her, her transition was really fun to watch. Like watching her go from like YouTube person or like, you know, social media person to this more like productivity person, which I feel like she fits in more with anyway, was really fun to watch. And like, she did it on purpose. Like you could tell she did it on purpose, you know? And so, yeah, like, I I love that. Like following the analytics. I love it. You make me want to do YouTube. Like whenever I see your stuff and everything you got going on, but I'm like, you have to prioritize the time. I don't want to say I don't have time. I hate it when people say right. they don't have time because we all have right. time. It's just what you choose to do with your time. Yeah. So you tell me how you spend your time because you don't just make money posting videos on the internet and people right. can't just spend their time doing that because that's something you have to work up to, to get 90,000 a year doing it. Yeah. So how else do you spend your time? And I know you have a team who mm-hmm. helps you do shit too. But how else, like, tell me about like your days and how you structure them and where your time goes. Yeah. Uh, At this current point, because my content is so important, right. To the whole thing. My content is so important to the bottom line. It is so important to the email list growth. It's so important to every launch we do. It is so important to getting speaking gigs gigs or being on podcasts or like all of these things I want to do. Content is number one priority for me. So 99.9% of my time is spent on content, whether it's ideation of content, creation of content, or even like editing content. Um, And so I'm able to do that though, because I have a team, (laughs) like I couldn't do that if I didn't have a team who literally runs everything else. I do not touch my inbox. I do not touch like booking things for myself. I do not touch brand deals unless I have to get on the phone with a brand, um, which still feels like it's a content part for me. You know, um, I don't touch any of that stuff because they can easily manage it where they cannot easily create my content. Like right, they, they that's just can't. you can do. Yeah. yeah. And so right now, I mean, 90, literally most of my time is content creation, whether it's like on a podcast episode like this with you, or whether it's on my own podcast or whether it's on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram or whatever, that's where the majority of my time goes. The only other things would be on like product development or, you know, uh, product like, Judging like launches. I don't know the word, like making the products better for the next time that they go live. Yeah. Like my launches, things like that. Um, and then I do occasionally like today I have to go do a, um, one hour like strategy session. So I do occasionally take on like one-on-one strategy sessions. So they're usually either one hour, actually I only offer one hour or a VIP day. Um, and they're, I don't generally take a ton of those at all. I usually do like one or two of each a quarter or so. So that's the majority of my time is content. And I love it. Like I I want it that way. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good. Okay. I feel like I should have you back a different day to talk about like delegation, how you delegate like step-by-step. Have you done a video on how you delegate like step-by-step? Cause I feel like that would be gold. I have not. I think I've done a podcast episode or maybe on somebody else's podcast. I really like dove into it. Um, but yeah, like I, it's something that I was really bad at at first. And then I got really good at like, well, we all are very bad at it at first. Like I have an assistant 
and I keep giving her things to do. And I'm like, okay, I really want you in my inbox, but I don't know how to get you in there. So like, I I feel like you you, tell me. Yeah. It's really easy. It's actually really easy. Um, so I haven't managed my own inbox since 2016. Um, because I can't. I I have too much ADHD. I cannot do it. I have decision paralysis. I it's too much. Right. And you can imagine with a pretty large audience that we get a shit ton of emails a day, right? Like I get a lot of emails a day. Um, yes. And so I haven't managed my email literally since 2016 is the number one priority. If everybody left my team today, I would be like finding somebody tomorrow to manage that inbox. Um, and I've had multiple people in it. So it's not like, it's like, an anomaly, you know, that I found somebody, but basically the biggest thing is creating SOPs. So like, you know, what do you do in these situations? So if a brand comes to me, here's the parameters in which we say, yes, here's the parameters. When we say no, here's when you need to come to me, right? Like here's when there's a gray line, right? Then, um, customer service, here's the SOPs for that. Here's what happens if somebody wants a refund on their course, like here's the terms and conditions for that. So just really getting all of that stuff clear, But then what we do is we use Gmail and we manage everything. Like all the inboxes are in Gmail and I have a folder that's literally called like Jessica's folder (laughs) or something. Um, And the only things that go in there are things that are personal or that nobody else can reply to. Like there's no way they could reply because they're, they've not been equipped with that information. So generally all that ever goes in there is stuff that's personal that comes into my inbox or, um, like tax information, things that they're not in the business of, you know? Um, but honest to goodness, like if somebody comes in with an email, like a podcast request, you know, like I would love to have just gotten the podcast. We have a yes, we have a no, and we have a gray area. And so they'll be like, okay, this is a hard no, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna do that. Uh, and they just have a canned response. Like, sorry, Jessica doesn't have time right now or whatever. Um, it's a yes. Okay. Jessica can say, yes, they're going to book it. They're going to put it on my calendar. They're going to do all of that stuff. They're going to upload my headshot. They're going to, you know, have the bio, like everything is accessible for them. So I don't have to be in the muck in the weeds of that. You know, like I have a hard hell no policy on summits. We'll not do summits. They're the dumbest frigging things in the world. I am getting there. I used to do them all the time because I thought, oh my gosh, all these people are going to be exposed to me. And after every single one, I'm like, that was a waste of time every time. And why? Because they're garbage. They're garbage. People think that they're doing you a favor, quote unquote, a favor by being like, I'm going to expose you to my email. Nobody does that. Like nobody is going to, they're not coming off the end of this summit and going and getting everybody's freebies. They're just not. So they're garbage. And so I have a hard hell no, like literal like, Nobody, nobody gets a yes. There are no summits (laughs) Jessica will participate in. I don't care who's doing it. Well, my, my asterisk to everything is always, unless it's Oprah. Right. So at the end of the no SOPs, it's always, unless it's Oprah. (laughs) And they know what that means. Right. Like they're, they're in tune enough to know that like, if Gary V reached out, that's Oprah. Right. 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 You know what I mean? So it's one of those, like, you just have to really empower. Well, give them everything they need. And a lot of it takes a lot of like going through emotions too. Yes. I feel like you know. it's a lot of practice and a lot of like on the job training. Yes. But then once it's dialed in, it's like a freaking lifesaver, like something exactly. for me that was life-changing 
was when I turned the notifications off of my email on my phone. And when I minimized the email tab, yep. Like that was honest to God, life-changing. And I always like, at first I was like, oh, but I'm going to miss something. And then it's like, dear God, I'm not saving anybody's life. (laughs) And if they need their life saved, they'll call 911. They won't email me. So like, I don't need this. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I haven't had email. Well, I haven't had any notifications on in five years. Um, but I definitely haven't had email notifications on in a really long time. And it's spectacular. Like I don't have to worry about it. And it's really cool because it can be a real mind. You know what, when like somebody comes in for whatever reason and is pissed, they're pissed over the free content they just consumed that, that made them mad. Don't even get me started (laughs) on the people who complain about the free shit you just gave them. I cannot. I know. Or they're mad because, you know, they took a course and they didn't like something about it or whatever, you know, or they want a refund or they bought something on accident. It doesn't matter why somebody comes in and and doesn't like me, right? It still is going to mess with my mind. So to remove myself from that has been amazing. I don't know. I do not know when they give refunds. I don't care. They know the parameters in which to give a refund and when, when, you know, when not to. And occasionally there'll be like a random thing that like doesn't fit in either category that they'll have to be like, okay, wait, I don't know if we should do this or not. Um, But they just give the refunds, (laughs) like they just do the things. And so I don't have to worry about it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make my day go sour, you know, because I don't have to worry about it. I love that. I want to go back to something you said when you were talking about how YouTube grew your Instagram and your email list. Ah. When you're creating these videos, like I've, I've watched your videos. I know that you throw up the, um, the pretty graphic of your yep. Instagram with your handle. Do you say, follow me on Instagram? Do you say, oh, I have a free PDF. I'll link to it in the description, check it out. And then you keep on going with the content. Like how do you name drop the Instagram and the freebie in the video? About 20% of the time. And that's what I teach too. So yeah. you don't want to be constantly doing that because people will do what we tell them to do. Like for whatever reason, if the call to action comes out of our face hole, they're going to be like, Oh, I better go do that. But if it's just like randomly across the screen, people don't pay attention to it, you know? So about 20% of the time I verbally say either go follow me on Instagram, go do this thing, go get this freebie, go sign up for this thing. Like whatever. Um, the other 80% of the time it will just pop across the screen. So it gives them that kind of like, Oh, you can follow me on Instagram, but like don't stop the video right now to do it. Right. Um, and stuff is in my description. So like affiliate links, links to things I'm doing, like links to just different random things are all in my description too. So there can be like soft asks. Um, and so about 20% of the time I actually ask 80% of the time, I just do the video and have a call to action that is like inside of YouTube that like happens inside of YouTube. And then the very dedicated people, are, will be the ones who go like follow me on Instagram or download my thing or whatever from the description. So then I'm actually like vetting them even better, which is even better, you know, cause it's like, oh, I only know the dedicated people came and found that, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. That's like the people paying for the boot camp yes. versus showing up for free. Exactly. How many videos do you post a week or post? Like, what is your, what is your um, cadence? Um, I try and do two a week. And that has been a big part of like reviving my channel too, is like getting more content out there. Um, because going once a week feels like a lot, but at the same time, it's not a lot. And so if you're going once a week, you're going to grow slower than you do if you go twice a week or even three times a week. So right now I'm at two a week. Um, in the summer, I dip down to one a week because, you know, 
I don't work a lot in the summer. Like my kids are home and whatever. Hashtag else. kids. Yes. Hashtag children. Um, and so like in the summer, I'll dip down to one a week, but for the most part, it's like two a week, most of the time. And those two videos that you release a week, do you shoot them in the same day? sometimes like, um, I have one that's going live tomorrow when we're recording this, but, um, I I'm just going to finish it today. Like it's going to, it needs to go live to, tomorrow, but I'm just going to finish it today. Cause it was a behind the scenes of this challenge. And so it'll go live tomorrow. Um, but then, or no, I'm sorry. It'll go live on Thursday. Well, then on Thursday of this week, I'm actually going to be filming and I am going to film the next three videos. So it kind of just depends on like what is going on or what the videos have in them or how much time I have in a given day. Um, cause sometimes I need to record a bunch of podcast episodes or mom life, right? Like I, I have something else going on with my family or whatever, and I don't have as much time, but uh, sometimes I'll rec- most of the time I'll record at least two videos when I have like a filming day. Yeah. Like don't waste the hair and makeup. No, never. Like today I finished filming that video that needs to go live on Thursday because I was already ready. (laughs) And I was like, why would I wait, you know, until tomorrow or whatever? So yeah. Yeah. It was great. Whenever I do my hair and makeup, I'm like, how can I do all of the things today? Yes. No, it's true. And I get on stories more on those days and like, we'll film more TikToks and like whatever else is great. Oh, I don't even care on stories. I'm like, let's pick a filter and just oh, yeah. go with it. Oh yeah. Stories. <laughs> I do not, I do not care at all, but I tend to go harder on days when I'm ready. You know what I mean? That's so funny. We're such girls. Okay. What is the name of your podcast? I want to drop that in the show notes because you've had a couple of podcasts in your day. Yes. So what is this one? Yeah. So this one is called the full-time creator podcast. Um, and basically it's the same feed as my podcast. I launched in what, 2019. Yeah. 2019. Um, but I've just changed names a few times. So it is called the full-time creator podcast. Love that. And then I'm linking to your YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok in the show notes for this episode. Anything else you want to add? that I should have asked. I mean, obviously you are, I mean, convincing us all that we need to be on YouTube. It's just a matter of finding the time Mm -hmm. you help people find the time and tell them what to do with that time. So they're not wasting time, Mm -hmm. um, with everything that you do. Anything else we should share before we say goodbye? I, I just think, I think that there's like this, like, um, line drawn in the sand where business owners think that they're creating content for their business, but they don't see themselves as content creators, you know? And so it's like, I'm creating content for the business, but I don't see myself as a content creator. And I would just highly recommend everybody kind of like, I think we need to blur that line more both ways. So like as business owners, we have to be content creators because if we're not, we're not marketing. Like that's what marketing is now, you know? And then as content creators, you have to have a business owner hat or you're not making any money. And so I feel like that line has to be really blurred. And like, I guess that would be my last little nugget is like, let's try and blur that line a little bit more. So if you're not creating content for your business, like put on the content creator hat and figure out how to do that because it will exponentially grow your brand in, in all the ways. You know, in TV news, we call people soundbite machines when they give us good little 15 to 20 second sound bites for packages. Yeah. And you, my friend are a sound bite machine <laughs> because like, this is what I do. This is how I edit my podcast. So uh-huh. fast. I take notes with the time codes. Like when you say something good that I can pull it out for a tease yeah. and I'm like, shit, Jessica needs to stop talking because I already have that 1815 
That was a good one. 2145. She did a video about her channels dying 3910. Like this is how I take my notes during the podcast. And it's like, I'm going to have 500 million bajillion teases because you're a soundbite machine. Soundbite machine. I'm going to put that. That's going to be my new tagline. Jessica Stansberry, soundbite machine. I like it. <laughs> Only people in TV news would get it. But listen, be like, they would the want to interview you because they'd yeah. be like, let's talk to this soundbite machine. Let's see what she's <laughs> going to say. Right. I love it. Thank you, Jessica. This was lovely. Thank you. I'm so glad to, you know, come chat with you and I'll, and I'll answer your Voxer. I promise. Oh my God. I'm going to Vox you. Now I'm just going to blow it up. (laughs) While you're in the podcast app, make sure you tap subscribe to my podcast and head over to Jessica's full-time creator and listen to hers. All of the links to connect with her are in the show notes for this episode. Are you doing amazing things on YouTube? If not now, I hope you are. You will be. You will be soon. Let me tell you. She is super motivational. She makes it sound so much fun. And I hope you have fun creating more content in the days to come. I will see you next week here on Become a Media Maven.